Hello, I'm April. And I'm Sarah Nicole. And you are so, so close to listening to RPG Pop Club. <laughs> I can't do it. Okay, we actually are on because we wanted to let you know we now have a Patreon. And we have lots of fun perks. Hey, do you want to hear Phil's real theme song? Do you want to name a shuttle? Or a ship? Or roll your own red shirt who may die gloriously? If so, please join our Patreon. You can join for a dollar or more. Or much more. (laughs) (laughs) Help us, and we will help you by bringing you the content that you deserve. Check out our website for more info. And now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Bye! (laughs) (laughs) RPG Pop Club! RPG Pop Club! RPG Pop Club! RPG Pop Club! Yeah! Hi, I'm Philip Sokoloff. And I'm Sarah Nicole Carter. And this is RPG Pop Club. Each week we play a Star Trek tabletop RPG adventure, and then we review it. Today we are playing in the presence of my enemy. I mean, shit. <laughs> today Try we that are again. Playing, today we are playing in the presence of my enemies. Correct. <laughs> We're joined today by one of our players, Eric Carter, who plays Lieutenant Valentin Laurent. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing good. How are you? Ah, fantastic, sir. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric doubles as our amazing producer. Oh, why, thank you. That's, uh, I normally attend the recordings of all of these uh, podcasts. It's nice to be uh, on the front side of it instead of always on the back end. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we thought we'd bring out the big guns for this one Mm -hmm. and which one are we doing well Sarah Nicole mentioned it earlier it's in the presence of my enemies this was part of the um, we're still in the intro uh, modules for the uh, 1983 Star Trek RPG by FASA so this is the third one and last one And uh, why don't we see what the commander said about it? Commander's Log, Stardate 7188.5. The USS Cody is in a race with the Klingon, where to deliver Federation Ambassador Carlos Luis Rivera to the Loyalin star system, crystalline deposits of extremely unusual properties have been discovered on planet Loyalin 5. Volcanic crystals have been discovered with much more dense, densely packed structure than dilithium, leading scientists to believe that they could be on the verge of a breakthrough in power system designs, if enough crystals can be obtained, that is. The Federation relies on Ambassador Rivera's skills as a senior diplomat to prevail over the Klingons in its negotiations with the natives of Laurelin. So just as a sidebar... Uh, for our listeners' sake, um, our player Dave, uh, who plays the commander, he uh, loves playing the sound effects. And so what you heard at the beginning of that was him playing the sound effect through his microphone, which we were then projecting to you. So uh, apologies for the quality of that. Oh, well, it's great fun for all. 
it was great fun. Let's let's meet our landing party, the crew of our adventure this week. Real name Dave. I play Lieutenant Colin McDonald of Clan Ronald. I am acting commander. Hi, I'm Ava, and I play Ensign Ingrid Jensen. She is a half-Romulan Scandinavian science officer aboard the USS Cody. So, my name is Dree. I'm a Lieutenant Igor Petrenko from Ukraine. This is, uh, my name is John. I am Cadet Alejandro Roca Solano. I'm from Spain. I'm in the engineer department. Uh, I am Ensign Valentin Laurent. I am Ensign De Los Santos. So my name is uh, Trist. I'm a doctor. Um, I'm Argelian. So I'm a Vulcan. My name is Tapru. Awesome. So let's go through uh, the adventure as we played it. Okay, well, the, the, the doors to the bridge open. And uh, Ambassador Rivera walks on. Good afternoon. <laughs> 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 uh, so happy. Yes. Good afternoon, Ambassador. I, uh, yes, uh, I, I do believe we have been introduced, but I have not been introduced to your ravishing first officer. That's me. <laughs> oh, fun role playing there. Hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's some good role-playing right there. All right, speaking of good role-playing. Does he look like he could beat my current fiancé in a battle to the death? Oh, yes, he's very fit. He looks like... Um, did you ever see the the old Robin Hood with, uh, with Sir Guy? Harold Flynn. But there's, like, Sir Guy, right? And he's, like, he's got the thin mustache. But he can yeah, fight. I mean... Yeah, that's what he looks like. Yeah, I'm very. In. I'm interested. I'm in. All right, and now we're rolling for romance. This is like the main part of the game. This is the most important part of the game. Eighteen. Well, if you're, let's see, if the sum is less than the charisma of the of the opposite of the uh, the the object, then you've fallen in love. So, you had the exact. You rolled right on the nose. So his his charisma is eighteen, and you rolled to eighteen. So. It's completely so it's, up to you. Okay, I'm. I'm. It's, we're open. It's, exploring the possibility. Yeah. That? Well, he he takes your hand and and, and and lightly kisses your fingers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are we having fun yet? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I swear, the whole game could just be rules for romance, and I think I'd be really satisfied. <laughs> Well, that's what we said last week. So here we are. I know it was perfect. It was wonderful. Just rolling with it. It's it's funny that that was like, I think I mentioned that this was a mechanic that I came across, and I was like, okay, that's kind of silly. But uh, with our group, it's basically become our standard, uh, our default reaction role. Like, oh, roll for romance. <laughs> it's automatic. It's so fun, and it's also. Do you guys? Yeah. Do you guys remember playing? Um, D and D back in the day, keep on the Borderlands. Yeah, we'd go, we'd go around the keep, and like it was like, oh, you have to pay a fee to keep your horses in the stable. Like, well, I seduce the stable boy, and, and, and it, that was like always the thing we did, right? And there was no mechanic for it. 
Well, I'm playing it now with my son. Uh, my son John is seven years old, and and we're all playing it um, at my house. And so this is coming up again, and I'm like reaching for the romance rules, and and there are none in D and D. Like, where has this been all my life? This is what we always <laughs> needed. Like, I guess we roll charisma something. You wanted it. Yeah, yeah. I, think this is, I think it's fun having rules about it. Well, I mean, D&D, it's like all about more just the general role-playing, right? They don't put mm. mechanics at all, but it's mechanically-based or, or combat-based. They're trying to, to um, have a war simulation uh, and everything else was like, uh, like you, just, you just act it out. Yeah. Well, we talked know. about this in our first episode, like what would be role-playing rules? And I guess mm. this is one. Yeah, where it I just like sort it. of you, you could just role play it out and just, you know, the DM could just have a lot of fun flirting with all the players all the time and they could just flirt with each other all the time and then just be like, huh, I guess they all bone. But, <laughs> but, but having a rule for it, then you're kind of like, oh, no, didn't work out this time or this time. Like, whoa, well, roll the one. You know, it adds that element of like surprise romance where somebody walks through the door you roll and you're totally enamored and like, oh, now you have to play for that. Like, I wasn't expecting to fall in love today. Okay, I, guess I gotta roll for it now. <laughs> I expect to fall in love every day. Oh, and why oh. not? It's the future. It, it's so it's true future. to Star Trek. Everybody's mm-hmm. in love with everybody all the time. All the time. Like, yes, definitely. It's, it's so romantical. So I love it. Well, it's like. You know, you said, Sarah Nicole, in the first episode, how much you loved the life path generator that we're using. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is also kind of silly. Like, you want to kind of be able to just decide what your character's backstory is. And it doesn't really prevent that. It just sort of gives you a bunch of ideas, lets you weave them together, and you could ignore what you want. But it, it's kind of fun to just sort of discover stuff about your character, let stuff happen, let the dice inspire you. So that, those are good examples of good rules for role playing, I think. Yeah, I like I still like the life path generator. Like there's some things about it that are frustrating, but in general I think it's good. It gives people an anchor. Yeah. And it allows you to quickly step into the role play, you know. Um I think that uh how do I say this right? I think that right now I'm noticing that some of our players are feeling maybe a little boxed in by their life path generator results. Mm. Mm. And so I think we can get into this later too. I mean, we're still doing our recap, but I think that a life path generator rule or what, or a role, excuse me, um, or whatever you got there doesn't necessarily define your character for forever. Yeah. I think people need to realize just what you said, that you want to be discovering things about your character and, progressing your character still right you're not coming as right. like a whole complete person i mean in real life you're not a whole complete person you're growing every day right sure so, so i don't know i just noticed a little bit of a trend of that where people were starting to feel i noticed people might maybe being a little boxed in by roles that they had i don't know we can talk about it later well over the past few days i've been exhorting people to to go back and, and look at their backstories and try and find connections between their characters. And I think that'll, that'll uh, yield some interesting fruit. And also when people have their minds refreshed about 
those possibilities, um, they can then look for, and I can look for opportunities to to flesh those out or to find new backstories uh, that would be conducive to running the module that we're running. Yeah, if that makes totally. sense. Oh yeah, I think it's, a, I think we should do a minute of, of a check in where we're like, okay, who served on this ship, right? Yeah, like who served on this ship? Who served on this ship? So we know, like, did oh, we Andre, actually encounter people before? Yeah, go ahead. Andre made a table, or he's yeah. working on it maybe right now, but it's up now. Is it? Oh, oh snap! Look at yeah. us scrambling. Both yeah. Eric and I, I were like, oh, oh look, <laughs> let me look at my papers. And so Lieutenant McDonald rolled up that he has served on the Cody twice before, and he has served on the Hood. Well, that would have been nice to know a few adventures ago. Yeah. But it, so I, yeah. I brought that up to him. He's like, "Oh yeah." So I shed a real tear when I saw the Hood disappear because you know I missed the old girl or something like that. And it's like, oh, our second retcon. But that's kind yeah. of a cool one. That's okay. Well, retcon is also very Star Trek. So. Absolutely. We're doing good. <laughs> oh, I served with Dr. Triss of the Second Beauty on the Solid Suleiman. I like that. Look at, you're, yeah. Are you, did you True. find the table? Yeah, I did. Dapru, you and I served on the Excalibur before serving on the Cody. Holy shit. The Constitution class. Right. Where is he it? He didn't even highlight all the things. Petrenko was on the Excalibur. We had uh, Dapru and McDonald's on the Republic before. Oh, a lot of A lot of connections. Where is this? Oh, I, you it's know, I think you did it. Under characters. Oh, oh, oh okay. I see. It's it's the top is the mo is present, and then it goes down. Okay, cool. We'll put this up on our website so oh. everyone can share our glee. Hella put it oh, up on the website if I can get it. Another thing about the life path generator. So I thought it was cool. And then after we had gone through the process of character creation for this, um, I was going over, uh, I got a new fifth edition book. And mm -hmm. it's a, um, an expansion of the player's handbook. And I noticed that they have tons of options that was basically like a life path generator for fifth edition D&D. &D. Um, I think that we are not the only ones who see value and fun in having, having a background randomly generated and then riffing within that, right? It's like, hey, here is now a framework that we're yeah. going to give you um, so you don't have to come up with a whole cloth. Uh, that makes it really nice. And it works really well for the genre too. You wouldn't necessarily want it in Dungeons and Dragons because, uh, well, I guess you might. It depends. Fifth edition, they have it in there, man. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not as extensive, right? Uh, but it's saying like, what, what's your sure. background? Who did you, if you're, oh, you're a, you're a fighter. Who did you study under? What kind of person mm -hmm. was it? What kind of relationship did you have with them? You know, kind of these... It's basically planting the seeds of story. So I, I kind of like that. It kind of helps jumpstart you. So you're not just like, I'm a dude with a sword. I'm a Stark. I'm wearing a red shirt and I got a phaser. So it's... it's well, all of our, all of our um, IPs that we're going to explore um, will bring uh, different opportunities like this. If we do like a Westeros game, it'll be interesting to roll up what house you're from. Oh, yeah. Whether you're from the north or the south, um, and uh, all those kind of relationships, how cool would that be? It so be it could still be just a regular kind of D and D style adventure, but but there's all these baked in sort of like intrigues and um, yeah, I don't want to say just like uh, that 
people just automatically hate each other because like, ah, you served under Joffrey or whatever. But it could be kind of, it, it could uh, sort of ground you in the fantasy world, help you imagine yourself in it. Yes, exactly. It's grounding. I like that. All right. Well, fantastic. Oh, let's get back to our recap. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Uh, so Romancing. Romancing. Oh, okay. So after greeting the captain and heating things up with First Officer Tapru, Ambassador Rivera introduced himself to the rest of the crew. He also explained why Lieutenant Petrenko is not joining the crew on this adventure. I met your weapon enthusiast on my way up to the bridge. He said he was going to be in his bunk. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Uh, Lieutenant uh, Petrenko? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, he's a, he's a lieutenant. He's a lieutenant I, I distinctly remember. That's right. I never okay, forget. That's right. Yes, he's been running several days' worth of uh, training simulations with the security team in the hollow deck, and uh, they're all quite worn out. Uh, I'm sorry. Are we too early for holodeck? Sorry, Meta. Uh, I don't. I don't remember enough about original series. Enough. They have a holodeck. They never. Uh, they never used the holodeck, but but there's there. They uh, they sort of had the idea at the time. But okay. Uh, so, so you can you can have it. Let that slide. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, sidebar. I had to look this up after reviewing this and i realized so I, yeah. I looked up the enterprise did have the original series hall enterprise had a holodeck they mm -hmm. used it in the animated series uh season two episode 22 the practical joker um the question is so it was on the enterprise the question yeah. is uh enterprise was a constitution class cody is a scout vessel would it have a holodeck well, i guess i could pull up the uh this the schematics and, and kind of figure it out but i had the same thought yeah it's it's smaller and yeah doesn't have as much energy uh so probably probably not but what was so, that during the role playing yeah you know uh, guys someday i'd like to do a, a star trek the next generation <gasps> rpg and one of you guys can run it no someday but and and so I, I definitely think like the holodeck is a distinct part of that genre so we can say it's there on the in the original series but it's not really like they're kind of too busy having adventures in space to want to go in the holodeck in general but by, by the way sarah nicole's eyes lit up when you said next generation uh, rpg <laughs> i know i know i love it great <laughs> great <laughs> That's why we're here, because we have a lot of love of pop culture. Indeed. Different, lots of different IPs. That's true. So we'll play them all and we'll review them all. I love it. So what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. When, when uh, Andre said he wasn't going to be there, he's like, dude, Phil, tell all the gang I'm going to be in my bunk. It's a reference <laughs> to... <laughs> a reference to Jane from Firefly. So there you go. Oh my god! Uh, which there also is an RPG. <clears throat> Dude, I know. Talk about that. I'm gonna run that when we do it. You, oh, yeah. We rolled up characters for it back in the day one we time. You were gonna run it. Find the old. If I have the books, I probably have the character sheets, right? Yeah. No okay. way. Sure oh my god! Books. What a dream that would be. Okay, I have to look in the garage. All right. Yeah. 
Okay. That'd be so cool. Okay. To do it. Well, so here's what's going on in the adventure. The Federation is in a diplomatic race with the Klingons. The planet is in the Organian neutral zone. So the Federation and the Klingons have the rights to discuss uh, with the natives um, uh, about, uh, well, basically, we've, we've offered them to, to join the Federation. I'm sorry, quick. I, I, for a moment there, I thought we were in Phantom Menace. All right, we're just going to <laughs> It's so good. But the Klingons uh, have made them a very lucrative offer. Offer. Of, uh, they've given them, they've offered them two planets, um, which are uh, very, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> two rich agricultural worlds. Um, which we, which the Klingons currently administer in a nearby system. Um, so, but uh, so the the conference is going is, is going to happen very soon, uh, and uh, whoever uh, I, I have the um, ability, the Federation believes, and I think they are correct, the ability to sway them into joining the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> way too much fun. Uh, oh I love the commitment, though. I, I, I love the accent so much because it's like every accent. I know. <laughs> I can never control it. I'm slipping into Russian, a lot of French in there. It's so and French and oh, Italian. Borat. <laughs> it's very nice. Yes, it's very nice. No, I think that was uh, the French guy from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Very nice. Very nice. Oh my gosh. Well, he says at one point he's he's a citizen of the planet or of the Federation. So it's it's not really meant to be just one thing. Oh, whatever it is, it's brilliant. It made me so happy. The accents, the rules for love. I don't know why. Like this seems like it was fun, a good night. Fun All little, right. yeah. What happened next? Okay, because time is of the essence, Ambassador Rivera insisted that we make our way to Laurelin 5 at maximum warp. Yeah, so this week we tested out a new mechanic for energy allocation on the ship. So you have so many energy points per day. I think we said for the Cody it was 50 per day. You can overdraw your energy past that, but it does permanent damage to the ship. So you basically have 100 total to play with i just sort of felt uh it was time to uh, sort of figure out why sometimes they go at higher or lower warp speeds you know why sometimes scotty's saying i just can't do it not without you know the ship breaking up or whatever so i had a little tension how did you guys think that worked out in the game did, did you make that up did you just like create no. that from scratch no it's not from scratch no that's from an rpg called starships and spacemen which is also mm. from the 70s. And um, we're going to be drawing a lot of our space travel and um, space combat mechanics from it because it's a very elegant system and it's, oh, it's, it's very easy to tweak. And like many old school RPGs, you can just sort of drop its systems in a la carte into the game. And strangely, a lot of Star Trek RPGs don't really seem like they want to get into that. All of these modules as written are kind of like, all right, so you arrive at the spot and here's the story. 
which is kind of how a TV show works, but but you want a little bit more nitty gritty, I think. It has and to I, feel a little bit more immersive for the players in the game. I think the TV show does that too. I mean, there's a lot of times where they're traveling or travel or time or their ability to go at a certain warp speed really plays into the storytelling. But yeah. I think I have a bigger question which we can table since we're still in the middle of recap. But but um, maybe it's a meta question too. It's like if if these systems don't exist in the modules, are we fairly reviewing the modules? And that's not a dig or anything. That's just a question for the group here. Because I love that you added this, right? And I think it added a lot to my gameplay. Yeah. And I love the romance rules. And obviously, I've said that. And I think it added a lot to my gameplay. So if I'm reviewing this module, going, oh, I liked that we did the warp stuff. And I liked that I fell in love with that guy. Am I liking things that actually aren't... Uh, part of what was actually written so I, I don't know this is maybe a discussion to table but um i that just came to me when you were telling me that so not we, discussion <laughs> when we did the last adventure which was again troublesome tribbles it was kind of a bare bones sketch of something where they expected it they expected you to really ham it up and and find ways to make it fun when, you, when you're reading through a module, you really have to read through it multiple times and you have to internalize it and you have to um, make it your own and, and uh, be inspired by it in unique ways. So there's really no one way to, to run a module and the best we can do is just run it as best we can and kind of say, this didn't inspire me. You know what I mean? Like uh, this, this module had this character of Ambassador Rivera, and that was, that was pretty much, I mean, it told you that he was a great diplomat and he was going to make all the difference in these negotiations. And he had the Spanish name, so I just... So you gave him a French-Russian accent? Perfect. I, <laughs> uh, thanks. Like I said, all we could do is do our best. I love that! So, so I did my best with it, and, um, and I guess that, that worked. For me, in yeah. a way, which like the 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 characters in the the Klingons in the last episode didn't necessarily, I didn't really know what to do with them. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying is like I love these house rules that you're coming up with, and I love that you're pulling things from other places. And I think it's really smart, and I th uh, sound like I'm kissing your ass right now, and I'm not trying to do that. Uh -huh. Right, hey. plus, <laughs> plus XP right there. <laughs> what special item do I find? But no, I just, you know, I, I more want to ponder that and discuss it more at length, I guess. Like everybody think on that for a little bit and see yeah. what you think about it. It just came to me when you were telling me because it was like that warp mechanic. Wow, that was cool. Who came up with that? And then it came up from it came from something completely different that you you saw it and we're like, this would work great. And that's cool. But that's, that means that now we're reviewing you as a dungeon master or as a game master. Yeah. Right? Like, Cause I'm like, ah, Phil was able to look at other resources that were pertinent and come up with something that worked really well for this. But then it's not that the module had any of this. So if well, the only I'm things I like are your house rules, then I didn't like this module much. I guess I think we have two different mandates here. Not only are we reviewing the modules, 
we're blazing a trail. Not that no one has ever done a Star Trek RPG before, but we're kind of like saying, we've never done this before. How is it done? Here's a way it could be done. And um, and so, yeah, here's here's my way. And it's not something, yeah, this mechanic is not relative to this module. A lot of people are playing Star Trek RPGs with these mechanics. Maybe not the particular mix of mechanics that I'm using, but uh, or they're not approaching everything exactly the same way. But 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 I, I hope uh, some of our listeners might be inspired by some of it too. Well, I like that you're giving. Well, and we, again, we'll put up everything should be in the website. Yeah, we'll put up these rule sets and things like that. So if you are going to try out the module and want to use our house rules or things that we're finding, things that Philip is finding that work well for us, you'll have those resources. But I think it would be hard to find if you didn't have an encyclopedic knowledge of role-playing games, which you do. Mm. And you know a lot of, um, I would say, how do I put this politely, more obscure forums or more I, I've started the obscure forums. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So you have access or have access more resources than like, you know, people who might be more casual. Yeah. Well, I think like most DMs, I'm just trying to find what works for me. And I see other people do it too. Like right now I'm really struggling with the idea of warp speeds and putting together a, a map just because it, it irks me when a module is like you know, this just happens somewhere out there. To me, there has to be like, maybe not always and maybe not completely nitty gritty, but there has to be a sense of where it is, like that we got there because we're trekking through space. I don't oh know. Oh my gosh, so, titular line. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Anyway. Okay, sorry. Um, I, I totally. No, no problem. Took us out of the recap. This, this whole recap has been very entertaining to me. <laughs> I'm taking a lot of inspiration. But yes, well, uh, well, and another established segment we basically have in this podcast is to ask, you know, like what what aspects were added as opposed to what aspects were intrinsic to the module. And I think no matter who runs this module, it's going to be different. Um, and uh, I'm tired of saying, well, we'll just table that and talk about that later. Since we're here, we're, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Perfect. This module, um, well, it's it's a escape from a, a Klingon vessel, right? And it it has it basically says you can use use this module in any situation when you're on you're captured on a Klingon vessel, or you can use this optional background as a framing story. So I kind of use some elements of the background story with the Laurelin. And the um, and Ambassador Rivera, but there were other things I added in. Well, I, like I guess we have to um, talk about that later because we haven't really gotten to it yet. <laughs> yeah, not to talk going to something that we're about to come up to uh, shortly. So. Yes. Okay. Well, so they're using maximum warp. Actually, using warp six. Um which is a pretty high warp and it's using up a lot of their energy and they get to the planet and um, someone says, let's use shuttles. And the ambassador is like, please no God, let's just use the teleporter. <laughs> shuttles. Uh, shuttles are 
are inelegant the technology. They will not impress the natives. Um, I suggest, Commander, that you and your senior crew and I all beam down to the surface to make a favorable impression on the natives. And you leave someone in command of the of the vessel, uh, perhaps uh, uh, Lieutenant a Lebo, or a, a cadet or an ensign, um, with strict <laughs> instructions not to engage the Klingons in any uh, military engagement. Not only would it uh, look bad to the natives, it would look bad to the Organians. Not want to provoke the Organians, and uh, your vessel will not be able to withstand the battle. You're already not rated for uh, for combat with the Klingons. Do I make myself quite understood? I yes, I think you do. So Lieutenant De Los Santos and Lieutenant Laurent remain aboard to command the Cody, while the rest of the senior officers accompany the ambassador to the surface, along with two red shirts who are played by Aaron and Eric. All right, my red shirt is named Samuel Brown. Samuel Brown. <laughs> Good old Sammy Brown. Does he have hair on his toes? <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, okay. Roll for what's it. your What's your character's name, Eric? He does. Dick Hole. Dick Hole. Dick Hole. Dick Hole reporting for duty. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love playing uh, as as Dick Hole. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Favorite characters. I like how we give our red shirt alter egos um, characters. I mean, Aaron will—you'll uh, hear him. He starts giving his his uh, red shirt some character too. I like it. Yes. So uh, the party beam down to the surface of the planet, and they're in the middle of a field, and they're the city is before them. And as they make their way, they're suddenly ambushed by dozens of Klingons. Oh no! Hopelessly outnumbered, they're stunned and taken prisoner before anyone could react. Meanwhile, a Klingon battlecruiser began to bear down on the USS Cody. Laurent and De Los Santos quickly steered the ship around to the other side of the planet, hoping that they had avoided being seen. And the boarding party woke up in detention cells aboard a Klingon ship. Everyone except Ambassador Rivera was accounted for, with two Klingons guarding them. The commander came up with a plan. Redshirt Dick Hull would act <laughs> sick and get the guards to open the door. Then they could attack them and get the keys. Listen, Hole, uh, Dick, um, Commander. <laughs> uh, start making some noise. Uh, you know, like you're injured or you're sick or you you know, need attention, uh, and I will be um, wait for the guard to open the door and then. Uh, is there anything in the cell that I could use to clobber him with? Just your, uh, whatever moves you've got. You've got fists of fury, Commander. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start uh, making noise like, like you need attention and uh, get the guard to open the door. Guards! Guards! His conditions are deplorable. My bunions are acting up. Attention immediately. Guards! Banging on the walls. 
the the eye slot opens, and you see the swarthy uh, uh, face of a Klingon. Klingons, you humans are disgusting. What do you want, coward? With all your crying, I need medical attention immediately. You gotta come in here and see this. <laughs> uh, what's wrong? Are you, are you gonna mess up our cell with your blood? <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't. I won't be able to control my bowels for much longer. <laughs> oh. And maybe I should to be the one cleaning it up. I'm afraid it might be you cleaning up my explosive watery diarrhea. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, get, get a bucket. Cock talk. All right, kick jerk. Cock talk. It's pronounced cock. Cock, cock, talk. Cock talk. Racist! <laughs> it says cock talk. Cock. Okay. Oh, guys, get it right. It's cock talk. Oh, it sounds like something you might do over brunch with a friend. <laughs> no kind of friend. Oh man. Uh, okay, so they open the door and and cock talk and and click tick. That's his name? Um, <laughs> and Clint Tick? Clint Tick. Stop! Stop the recording! I'm dying! <laughs> I know I'm coughing! <laughs> Are you choking, Phil? Don't choke, Phil. <laughs> Hold on, take a moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh god it's crazy how much like how many jokes just fly that you miss in real time <laughs> when you hear it back you're just like oh my god i'm crying a little bit uh which would normally be totally ineffectual but always worked in in star trek the you know double-handed overhead whack on the you know yeah. On their back routine. In a clock? It's a special Andorian technique, uh, yes. Dave. It, it wouldn't the the human way doesn't work, but you've learned the special technique. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I did study with the Andorians for a uh, for a period of time. Uh, that's some good stuff. I'm I'm still like crying. <laughs> yeah, guys, we'll see you next week. We've recovered. <laughs> We'll do the rest of the episode. I, I really hope at least halfway in using as we are finding it, listening back to our our gameplay. This is great. Please, probably not. Yeah, it's okay if you guys don't think it's funny. We sure do. Um. Anyway, yeah. Commander McDonald and Ensign Dick Hull took down the Klingon guards, took the keys, and freed their crewmates from their cells. Next to the cells was an office where the party regrouped. They found some weapons, along with some intelligence revealing that Ambassador Rivera was being held for interrogation in Deck 9 forward, while their gear was being held on Deck 5. They ascertained that they are in between on Deck 7. While the crew searched the office, the Cody continued to keep pace ahead of the Klingon ship due to the skillful piloting of Lieutenant Laurent. The question was, 
did the ship have enough energy to keep up the pace? See, yeah, this is where that uh, the warp energy mechanic came into play and was this nice, yeah. like, dual uh, mm -hmm. that was happening. Yeah, yeah, it was a great tension builder. And the two storylines. It's good mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I don't think it, it sounds like the ship, the ship combat wasn't in the original module that you kind of took inspiration from uh, the episode that this was, uh, that we, the, the episode that we, we watched in um, yeah. anticipation of this. Well, we watched Errand of Mercy. Right. And on that episode, Sulu and Uhura stay on the ship. Oh, and right. Scotty. So, no, I don't think he's in the episode. Oh, okay. Sulu's in command. And so we, we took inspiration for that. You guys did. And you were like, well, we should have Laranta and De Los Santos stay mm -hmm. on board. And I sort of wondered if that might happen. But yeah, that worked out really well. Yeah. <clears throat> so basically, uh, we, we mentioned uh, about the shuttlecraft. And the, in, the, in the module is written, instead of uh, the ship, it has you flying the, uh, the shuttlecraft around. So I decided to change that. That's the first thing I changed. I was like, no more fucking shuttlecraft. <laughs> <laughs> this is Star Trek. That's a t-shirt. It's shuttlecraft Trek. No more fucking that, shuttlecraft is our first t-shirt. fucking shuttle adventures. I wanted a spaceship. <laughs> with, You're with, mad because there's no bathroom. There's no bathroom. <laughs> Thank you. Tired of holding oh. it on the shuttle. Yeah, I thought it was time for a little space action. And I wasn't prepared to run a full-on battle. Uh, but it just worked out that, that the ship was like so low on energy that it was all they could do just to stay alive. And it just built just the right amount of tension. Because every role was just like, ah, uh, you know, we got to keep away from the Klingons. And then Aaron's role came in with rolling for um, to see if he could figure out what was going on. And so that, that provided some, some cool uh, segues, too. I liked it. I liked not being in a shuttle. That was great. Yeah. So as the crew tried to figure out their next steps, Phil, the game master, tried to give the players a hint. Tried. I'm just going to give you a, a hint because you all saw the episode, right? Yes. Do you mean what the Jeffries tubes? Do you, um, let's not talk about the tubes right now. I'm I want to give you a hint. Um, there was <laughs> there's something else said in the episode that the Klingons uh, really love to do. Maybe that's too vague. Hmm. Some technology that they, they employed in the episode. The mind. Yeah. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No. That's not what I'm thinking about. This is like stuff I do with my okay. kids. Well, <laughs> the, the, the comm system, the intercom system. No, no not <laughs> intercoms. Scratch. Okay. Heads. Well, you guys think about that. Um, look around you and like you know think about what you might be looking for as you walk around. Okay, Phil, I I, I put this in here because what what were you getting at? I I still oh. have no idea what you were talking about. Okay, in in Errand of Mercy. There's this whole thing about how the Klingons have surveillance cameras everywhere. And they're surveilling their, their each other, their own people, and they're sur surveilling the Organians. And so it's this whole like police state thing. So I, when you're sneaking around on an enemy ship, you might look around for cameras. 
Uh, if you ever seen Star Wars, you kind of know that. I think that eventually came up, but but I, I, you, you really had to like railroad us to like, hey, cameras, cameras. Like I remember that moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah should have just let it go. I guess had all the Klingons no, start attacking you. No, I liked it. I liked the hints. I, I, I like the kindness. I like no TPKs. Uh, yeah, me too. TPKs are a bit of a pain in the butt. So only, uh, only in in, in uh, instances of extreme stupidity do I try and let those happen. Which is fair. Well, anyway, so the crew hacked a computer console. They found schematics of the Klingon ship, and they decided to split into two teams. One team would recover their gear and the other would rescue Ambassador Rivera. The group rescuing the ambassador would dress up in Klingon guard uniforms and pretend to escort prisoners. Again, just like Star Wars. It wouldn't hold up under any kind of scrutiny, but maybe they'd avoid getting spotted on surveillance cameras. On their way to recover their gear, Commander McDonald's team encounters a group of Klingons. The Klingons run to sound the alarm, but the crew take them down quickly. After depositing their bodies in a nearby room, they finally arrive in the room with their equipment. Let's switch back to uh, first of all. Let's go. Let's go to um, to Laurent and De Los Santos. Ooh, Excellent. All yes. right, you guys. Uh, you, the the Klingons are are putting on speed. They're trying to overtake you for sure. They're they're very uh, eager to do that. So. Um, it's all on you right now, Laurent. You got to roll your pilot. You got to roll your dex check to see yeah. if you can do any fancy maneuvers. That's like right. I am. The left, left. All right. Yeah. I did my maneuvers. Yes. <laughs> um, and De Los Santos tried to listen for subspace frequencies, as Laurent's fancy flying. Kept you one step ahead. I wrote the script, so I really am calling out my fancy flying. Commander, I'm going to check the subspace frequencies. Uh, yeah, I passed by one. Okay. You're picking up transmissions from the, the Klingons from the surface of the planet to their Commander, ship. I'm picking up the transmissions from the surface. It's Klingons. They're working back to their ship. Let me try and see if I can understand it, or if the computer can translate the Klingon language. It's awfully barbaric, yeah. but yeah, you're uh, uh, basically by passing the check, you're able to to definitely um, translate it using your your skills as an engineer or a, tra- a communications uh, specialist. You. Thank you. Yeah, it's better. Well, it's a, it's a type of engineering. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, negotiations are going very well. Um. It seems like the Laurelin government is is open to the uh. uh the offer of the two agricultural worlds. Um, so, yeah, going great. It appears as though the Klingons' negotiations are going well, Commander. This is bad news. Bad news indeed. Yeah, it's even worse news. We that means that we uh, beamed our uh, our team onto a world crawling with Klingons. This is terrible news indeed. Oh crap. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> what can we do? 
What do they say on Star Trek instead of oh crap? <laughs> There's just dramatic music and they kind of like give pregnant looks at each other. <laughs> right. They look at each they smolder at one another. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> oh, I like McCoy that. just like his face twitches. <laughs> he he gives a lot of like the office looks to the camera, kind of. He is McCoy is almost like the the, the audience's proxy sometimes because he's like, "What the heck does that mean?" <laughs> or like, "Are you really going to do yeah. that, Captain? Do you realize what you're saying?" Or I can't believe that, Mister Spock. He's the best. Oh, okay, so back on the Klingon ship, Commander T'Pru's disguise team encounters a group of Klingons. Two of us are in disguise, and the other two look like prisoners. Correct. Yeah, we're bluffing. Old stormtrooper with a Wookiee situation. Yep. All right. Um, it's again just uh, it's just crewmen, not security officers or anything. They're not really super uh, into taking initiative. They they take a look at you. They see um, the sort of the the ruse that you're that you're trying to uh, create, and they they buy it. They just they they salute. What is the Klingon salute? It's like uh, what is the Klingon salute? It's like it's the same as the mirror universe salute. It's the same as the Nazi salute. Same as the Roman salute. It's just all bad guys pump their chest and then stick out their hands somehow. Mm. That's all they could come yeah. up with. So yeah, it's just that's how you know they're bad. <laughs> the disguises work as planned, and the team make it to the interrogation room. They storm in, attacking the Klingons, interrogating Ambassador Rivera. Dr. Triss attempts to shove one of the Klingons into the interrogation booth. Okay. Uh, 12. All right. It definitely succeeded. Um, if that had been a regular attack, you would have taken him out, but, but even more cinematically, uh, you wouldn't have taken him out completely, but this way, yeah, you, you thrust him into the, the booth and then <laughs> you could turn it on. Great. Very cinematic. I love it. <laughs> uh, then yeah. Cadet Rocco Solano aims his phaser at the other Klingon. What'd you get? I rolled a three. Oh. <laughs> what, what, what setting do you have it on? Oh, I have it on disintegrate. Dematerialize? <laughs> yeah, dematerialize. It's not right. intentional. It just happened. I'm a cadet. I don't know any better. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So roll 5d6 for your damage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I only have one D six, so I gotta roll it several times. Three, one, 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 six. So what am I at? Like um, twelve. Twelve. Okay, one more. Uh three more. So fifteen. Okay. Alright, you like he vanishes when you shoot him. Just <laughs> like turns red and then like disappears. And then I All right. Rogue, I look at Lieutenant Zabru. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> oh, good job! You did it. <laughs> I can just hear like an Urkel voice. Oh, did I do that? <laughs> I feel like Zabru thinks that you're like her little baby. Ah, <laughs> ah. Are we going to do Family Matters next? <laughs> is that where this is going? <laughs> This is a perfect segue into the Family Matters RPG. Yes. Oh my God. There has to be one. Oh, they they made everything else for Family Matters. 
I love I love uh, John's character here. He's just like a failure, even to be a failure. It's just <laughs> he's well, so terrible. Because I think we had talked about it at the beginning how we we wanted him to still feel like he had license to Jarvis. Yeah. Even though he was with a different character and caused a partial TPK um, with his previous character, but that's part of the fun of playing with John. And so we it were is. like trying to figure out a way for him to, with his current character, still um, create these scenarios where we all die, so <laughs> we can use his. It's great fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we watched the Trouble with Tribbles for last week, and. And and so much of it is about walking the fine line. All the characters are supposed to behave. Scotty's not supposed to do a brawl. You know, Chekhov's not supposed to do a brawl. But they do the <laughs> brawl because they're humans. It's great. Perfect. So I feel like we have a little bit of life, a little bit of leeway to to cut loose. And, and his all, whole all his whole thing of like that. I I accidentally left it on dematerialize. Like yeah, okay. <laughs> All, all the red shirts in the show are a joke anyway, right? So, I think it's yeah. Cool. I, I'm playing my red shirt as a total joke, and it's the I couldn't be having more fun with it. It's fantastic. Once again, the the players who got left behind um, got to shine in this episode, mm-hmm. both in their their um, you know their cutaway scenes, but also in their red shirt characters. Because they're almost throwaway characters, it gives them a, a bit of a license to just be a little silly. So it's cool. It is. Good job, Eric. Oh, thank you. Good job, Eric Yay. and Aaron. If you listen to this, we're having yes. fun. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Dupree's team uh, recovered Ambassador Rivera. Meanwhile, Commander McDonald's team are looking for the transporter room so they can attempt to beam back to the Cody. All right, so you guys make it to the uh, the transporter room, and there's a uh, there's there's just one guard there. What are you guys going to do? Seduce him. No, seduce him. Want me to use my phaser? Right, sneak up behind him with my tricorder strap and just strangle him. Oh okay, go ahead. Roll a melee Can attack. Should we all try their attacks at the same time? Well, the the higher dexterity people, Tapru and Jensen, go first. So, what are you doing, Tapru? I said seduce him. Oh, you seduce him? Okay. <laughs> so that Jensen can flank him, or you just want you want him? Yeah, she and I are a team. <laughs> We're the Cheetos team. Yeah. Okay. But by the way, I, I cut it out of the earlier edit, but How dare um, you role played that while you were in your cell, um, to Prue and Jensen shared a cell, and you had snuck snacks in like your undergarments or something. And yes. so you were snacking. Uh, in the cheesy cell. poofs. Yeah, the cheesy I, I poofs. I think it's but... funny that you said in your undergarments or something when you know very well I said that it was in my 1960s bra. cone bra. That, that is an undergarment. <laughs> yes. Specifically. I like I Eric's way and then Sarah Nicole's way. <laughs> it's just like your marriage in microcosm right there. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving Good on. Times. Yes. He um he wants what you're selling, huh? He 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 like his eyes go like <laughs> 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 Oh 
bowl like the fruit <laughs> by the foot. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> it's the cone, bro. Yeah, so he starts going. <laughs> yeah, right. Klingon <laughs> uh, uh, is where the the guy. Um, oh my God, Klingon poetry, and the woman uh, growls and throws heavy objects. No, I growl and throw something at so him. He's reciting poetry, <laughs> um, and meanwhile, Jensen. I'm gonna throw Roku Solano. <laughs> yeah, and I said, Are you a hobbit now? I think it's no, pretty heavy. Super long. He's had his freshman 15, so. <laughs> so, as the Klingon is distracted, Jensen makes her move. You, uh, you take him out for sure. His eyes were already bugging out, but then they just completely pop out of his skull. <laughs> um, what are you doing? I like begin. When we were in the prison cell together, do that now. You do what? A secret handshake that she and I came up with when we were in the prison okay. cell. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think you guys would start making out after all that awesome action. <laughs> and we ate so many Cheetos. Oh, okay. So you have a Cheetos. Uh, yeah, we, we look at each fingers. A Cheeto man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dave, your commander crosses his arms and shakes his head. And there's like a funny, like music, like TV music. <laughs> yes. So, uh, having taken care, having taken control of the transporter room. Ambassador Rivera insists that he must be transported directly to the negotiations. Rivera pipes up, I must go to the planet. Why? The negotiations. Yeah, but you're like all drugged up and weird. I can do it. So I am recovering. See, Find a stimulant. Full of the Klingons? What? Like, there's a be, million Klingons down there. It's okay. <laughs> we must beam be, be me into the negotiation chambers. And then, uh, let's see. Then McDonald contacts the Cody. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my clip. I will edit that out. Yes. Sorry. I... So sticking with uh, De Los Santos and, and Laurent for a second. You guys, um, you're, you've... Uh, you're being you're being attacked by the Klingon vessel. Did, they're shooting they're shooting their phasers at you or disruptors. Okay, we, we need to contact uh, Dale Santos. We need to contact Starfleet. Let them know the situation. Very you're good. being hailed. You're being hailed by McDonald. Oh, okay. McDonald under attack by the Klingon vessel. You guys take a little damage. You're down to five EUs left. God damn it! The okay. last five EUs. Well, just. Keep on going. We'll disable the ship, the Klingon ship, and uh, let you know when we're down at the planet. Okay. Okay. Del Santos, contact Starfleet. Let them know the situation. Very good. Commander McDonald beamed everybody down to the surface, set his disrupt disruptor to overload, flung it into the ship's computer, and beamed himself down. The Klingon vessel was disabled long enough for the Cody to escape. Dr. Triss gave 
the ambassador stimulant, and the negotiations began to go the Federation's way. More Starfleet vessels arrived the next day and took the Cody under tow back to a starbase for repairs. The end. The end. Dun, Yay. Dun. Yay. Well, normally we'd do a, a humanity on trial segment now, but I'm not really sure if anyone deserves it. Maybe a, a volcanity on trial. What do you think, Eric? For a smuggling Vulcan? for smuggling uh in her Starfleet yeah. issue garments? <laughs> under <laughs> undergarments. Would a Vulcan really do that? S smuggling uh, space poofs. It's logical to hide provisions in a place where they wouldn't be noticed if we were captured. Oh gosh, you're right. That, I probably know. have a ton of shit in there. Uh, you have a you had a stasis box, I believe. I think I have not... a stasis box in my cone bra. I yes. probably keep. Uh, I I think that I've got a whole kit in there. Okay. Now, we not actually open the stasis box. The stasis box is still closed, isn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's in my bra. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have one other, From right? Emergencies. Yeah, who else has one? I think Tree does. Oh, really? No, we didn't give John it to Tree. You blew up. Dave? No, I, th I, I thought know. it was Dree. Is it not Dree? I mean, we can look at people's mm -hmm. character sheets. We'll have to, we'll have to oh. ask. Let's see if any. Yeah, Dree was not part of those adventures, um, the, the shuttle I Hancock. It to him. Okay. But, but you might have given it to him. No, That's true. Oh, yeah. It is Dree, according to my notes. Oh, well, there we go. Well, we'll save those for a, a rainy day. I love these character pictures that I just realized were in here. Oh, yeah. For those are also... Dave. Yeah, I'll put those up on the website, too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They are so good. Okay. Well, I think, uh, I think you're guilty, <laughs> and your, your punishment will be to to draw a picture of your character Fair. with the pointy bra intact. <laughs> no problem. I don't mind. No, I think every everything was good this time. Besides, everything was good. Talking. Well, like for yeah. humanity on trial. Yeah, I like volcanity on trial though. That's great. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I couldn't say you're human. Nope. What else? You, what, what else you guys want to say about this adventure? Well, I guess I should go back and explain. I was going to say that uh, there's stuff that I added. This is kind you of self-explanatory. Like All the stuff about the Cody actually being part of the mission, mm -hmm. beaming the people down to the to the surface, and then having them get captured, and having a, a, a chase in space. I really loved how that dovetailed at the end with, with Dave having the Dave had a lot of great ideas. Yeah. The idea of, of, of throwing somebody in the um, interrogation booth, that was su super cinematic. And the idea of throwing his uh, overloaded dis uh, disruptor pistol into the ship's computer just at the right moment when the Cody was about to be destroyed. It disabled the Klingon vessel. They beamed down at the exact same moment. It, just so, it was great. It all yeah. worked out. Cinematic, absolutely. It's, it's the players being creative and me just riffing off of them, riffing off kind of my own ideas. You know, and I, I want to go back to a point. So, so Sarah Nicole, you brought up a point earlier that hey, if we had to bring all of this stuff to the module, are we really reviewing the module itself? And uh, you know, I, I really, I, I think that a good one of the traits of a good module is that it gives you the room 
to bring in your own stuff and to play mm. around in it, right? If a module like lays everything out and railroads you, you know, there's a time and a place for it. But honestly, the, some of the best modules give you room to be a character and to explore and to tell that story together uh, as a group. And I feel like this module really allowed us to do that. Um, I, I think, Phil, you said earlier that th even in the notes for this module that they were suggesting, hey, anytime you need to, you know, be on a Klingon ship, you can you can pull this out of your pocket. Yeah. So it's it's modular. Ah. <laughs> Perfect. Titular. The the um, RPG set came with a set of um, Federation deck plans and a set of Klingon deck plans. So this was just kind of a way of like, well, we got these deck plans. What can you do with it? And here's how it, it might go. So that's kind of a, a no-brainer. And the the module itself is maybe. Six seven pages. Um, it's a little shorter. It's the shortest of the three uh, adventures, and of course, it resembles a lot the um, the first one, uh, Ghost of Conscience. And there's a lot less going on than that one, but that's kind of okay. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. We can talk about it more in reviews too. Um, I'm not sure how I feel on this whole topic that I brought up. It's more like I just wanted to. Bring it up for discussion, you know. So it's it's providing a lot of uh, food for thought. Yeah. So, so maybe it's great. we can yeah we can table it and talk about it. Uh, talk about it later. You know what's interesting is that. Um, so before, as we were as we were preparing for this evening's podcast, and we were kind of talking in text message and uh, on the phone. Yeah. And. Um, we kind of looked at each other and, and I realized that I didn't remember what the module was about. I'm like, I know we had a good time, but I can remember, man, okay, we had like the shuttlecraft with the the cave, the, the primitive cave creature guys with the sticks and the stones. We had the trouble with tribbles um, episode. You know, we had, I, I could remember a lot of the other episodes, the ghost of conscious, but I'm like, why, why couldn't I remember this one? I could remember the tribbles, but I remember it also that, man that was that just like was flat but this one we, i remember we had a good time but like what was the story i couldn't yeah. remember what the story was and as as we were listening back to the um uh the, the 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 clips of the gameplay i realized that it wasn't the story was um it, it just happened to be there the story was a a framework by which we could interact as players and as characters and that is what was fun for me right it wasn't yeah. the uh, uh it wasn't the plot it was the interactions and that how really many, doesn't appear to me how many hundreds of D, D games did we have which were just dungeon crawls that you know we can't re remember any individual one except for things that happened in the game interesting or funny things that the players came up with. Otherwise, they were just kind of indistinct. This one, it felt like a return to form. So the last one with the Tribbles was kind of like, eh. This one was like a little bit more of Ghost of Conscience, where it felt, again, like we were operating ship equipment and behaving a little bit like, I don't know, it, it felt a lot a lot more like that that one. So in that sense, it was it was less distinct. But I think also 
I might have failed to bring it to life in some way because the um, the idea of walking around on a on the Enterprise, basically, or the hood, I felt like I, I sort of knew what that looked like. I was able to describe it more. People were able to draw on their imagination of how it looked from the Tholian web. And this one, I, I'm not really sure what the interior of a Klingon vessel looks like. Um, and so I, I don't think I was able to, to bring it to life as much. I relied a lot on Dave uh, guiding us through the, the blueprints and sort of, uh, you know, uh, what maybe, do you think about that? Maybe we should have popped into like the, the galley and like, oh, there's some gah hanging out over there and there's some creepy crawlies. Anyone hungry? I don't know. That's yeah. just to bring in that Klingon flavor. I mean, that's just a, I'm just being silly now, but. No, I mean, something. I think one of the, the funner parts that we played the clips of this were the, the first two Klingons that we encountered, the guards, and just role-playing with them. Because all the rest of the encounters, it was just like, quick, don't let them get away. We got to, you know, metaphorically slit their throats before they raise the alarm. And that was pretty much right. it. Yeah, I guess there was a seduction yeah. towards the end, too. That's oh, yeah, there was. <laughs> that was great. Beginning and end, baby. Seduction sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Um, did... I feel like we're kind of moving into scoring this, um, but before we sure. do that, did anybody else give this any reviews? No, not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> well, guess what? It's about to be reviewed. That's right. Oh, so you guys want to go into the scoring? So, like, yeah. I feel like we're starting to talk sure. about it a little bit. I mean, even if we digress. Yeah. Now, what did we give? What did you guys give the Tribbles uh, uh, module? I feel like, wasn't that like twos and threes or something like that? I think I gave it a three. I don't remember. Phil, do you remember what we gave it? I gave it a two, and okay. I think you gave it maybe a three or a four. Yeah, it might have been a four even. But you shouldn't. Yeah. I don't think you should score based on past scoring. I think you should okay. follow your well, own heart. I'm just trying to be be relative. Yeah, we gave. I gave. We gave the um, uh, Ghost of Conscience the highest score, and the lowest was again Troubles and Tribbles. I think so. You would probably rate this. Where would you rate this, Eric? Relative to those, or just absolutely. I'm going to say this one, I'm going to give this one a warp six. Ooh. Uh, wow. Because I had, even, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I, you know, I will say this. I was, I was coming, coming in, I would have given it a warp five. Uh, mm -hmm. But after listening to the gameplay and remembering how much fun we did have with it, Those I fun. put it back to warp six. Um, so the module itself, there wasn't anything like stand out about the scenario, but it gives it does give you a lot of room to play with. Um, it's kind of like, as you said, it's modular. It's like a Lego brick of a of a of a module. Yeah. So, I think cool. this is something that I was I was starting to think about that maybe. Uh, my review of the night of gameplay versus my review of the actual module are maybe two different numbers. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Maybe. Like, I had a I had a very fun time playing this. Everybody was in a good mood. We were all. I felt like we were all in it to win it. We were having fun. Nobody was cranky pants. Like maybe mm-hmm. some of us were for tribbles. Maybe myself included. Right. And so yeah. everybody had like good energy was there to like role play and like get after it. And so because of that, I had a great time. I could not remember yeah. anything about this module until we started going over the recap. And I was like, Oh yeah. But if you had asked me three hours ago, what we had done in our night of gameplay, I would have been like, uh, I don't know. We had fun. So yeah, those are huge things. And I remember having a go rate time playing. On the other hand, I don't remember shit about this module. So how do I reconcile that score is basically my question for the group. Well. Well. <laughs> I guess you just have to, to mitigate the one with the other. Just try to imagine other groups miserably playing through this and hating every second of it, I guess. Good <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, this has the potential to be a super, like, oh, downer game. People pissing themselves in the shuttle. I <laughs> <laughs> have to be. You know, um, it, it says in the module that, like, you know, don't even use your regular characters with the, this one because you're probably going to die. What? And that's another thing I forgot to bring up. You had a great luck. I rolled, uh, you know, random encounters throughout the whole thing and um, didn't really come across anyone very dangerous. So, so that was cool, too. It should have been it should have been a little bit more tense, I think, than it was. But there's but again, another thing where, like and there's another thing where like you got you gotta be wacky for this module. You better not bring your real characters for this module. Like Yeah. Like the last two have told us something, like set us up for some expectation, and then it's just been like not even that. I mean, the things I liked about yeah. this, I liked your new warp rules. I like seducing everybody. I like Cheeto Bra. I like everybody saying funny voices. Does that have anything to do with the module? I think we have to go back to Eric's point that if, if the module is conducive to those sort of moments, then maybe it, it's done its job. All right. I give it a five. All right. Because I think the module was meh, but I had a great time. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I think if we listen back on all of them, there's funny moments in all of them. Even in the the Tribbles one, we obviously had a great like middle section with all kinds of wacky shit happening that we brought. So it was kind of conducive to that, but but the whole rest was just a railroad that didn't really work. It wasn't modular at all. This one was kind of like the shuttlecraft crash, I guess. It was just like here's um, a scenario in the shuttlecraft crash, you were walking around on a planet, and this one you were walking around on a Klingon vessel. So, uh, yeah, but I think I think it it went better than the shuttlecraft crash, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, yeah. But then also, I'm wondering, ugh, I'm wondering, are we getting better at playing our characters? Yes, of course, we've had more time with them. Are we getting better with the rule set yes of course we've had more time for it and so all those things make it easier right we're understanding the world better you know so i mean also for this one so so for the shuttlecraft crash it really was hey here's a lot of combat 
like here's some combat scenarios. We're just going to throw a bunch of, we're going to take some combat scenarios, shake them up in a bag, throw them on a map and have at it. Yeah. This one, there was a lot more potential for combat that we didn't get due to the die rolls, but there was also a ton of potential for role play for, mm-hmm. uh, oh, we're going to get, we're going to dress up in disguise as Klingons and we're going to do the stormtrooper with the Wookiee routine. And, you know, there was a lot of that sort of, uh, potential uh, that shuttlecraft craft shuttlecraft crash did not have. Yes, that's true. That's so much more going on. There was interaction with the Klingons. There was, uh, there were characters. Rivera was at least offered in the module. I think we have to give them some points too for for going ahead and and creating the Klingon uh, battle cruiser deck plans and sort of fleshing those out a little bit. Those will be used in future modules, but because, since this was the first one, and you know they came together as a package, that's a lot of work compared to the shuttlecraft crash, which is just like you said, just a a map of a a little area with some uh, some shit thrown on it. So I get I got to give it at least two points better than the shuttlecraft crash. Um, but it's not as inventive as the Slaver Ruins, which I gave a six, so I'm going to give it a five. Solid five, right down the middle. I hope our future adventures are as fun. We're still traveling at warp speed, warp factor five, and uh, we're not being railroaded yet, so that's great. (laughs) Well, guys, we've now played um, the two... Heritage Star Trek sample adventures from the 1970s, and we've played now the fir- the three fastest Star Trek sample adventures from the 1980s. There's a lot more to come, but I thought it would be interesting to take a step back at this point and talk about the overall Star Trek RPG experience. Do you guys remember our first podcast episode? Yes. yes. Do you remember? Do, well, <laughs> do you remember like just how at sea we felt with like you know? Oh, I don't know how this is gonna really work, and if it's gonna really work, and if we're gonna love it. Um, yeah. Do you feel like we're at a different place now? Yeah, a hundred percent. I I love it. I'm having a great time. I love playing with our friends. I love playing in this universe, and I think we ironed out some of the things that were bothering me at the beginning and and now i'm yeah. just like i'm eager to play and now that we understand the rule sets even when you add things like you added as we've mentioned several times you added the um warp you know mm-hmm. travel energy. Yeah, yeah energy mechanic and we were all like okay wait what's this let's get it let's figure it out cool how does this apply we all figured it out pretty quick like grokked it and then we're like okay let's do it and then we used it you know Whereas I feel like the first couple games were like, what do I roll? Like, yeah. You know, every five seconds. So now I feel like we're all kind of hitting our stride. Mm-hmm. And I'm having fun. I like it. I like it. Well, and I think as we've gone along the way, we have um, introduced more elements of Star Trek, right? Um, like, mm-hmm. Phil, you, you, made, you sent out and we reviewed the... Uh, Star Trek, the Starfleet guidelines, right? These are the rules. Here's the prime directive. Here's all these other things. And it yeah. really did help to to crystallize and clarify that, hey, we're, we're playing in the StarCraft universe. These are some of the things that we as as characters need to be aware of. And I think you even saw it, like even um, John, you know, we like to joke like, oh, he's going to he's going to go Jarvis some stuff. But uh, e- even even so, he's doing it 
in, with the understanding that, oh, I'm not like he said his his phaser yeah. dematerialized. He didn't do it just as a pure agent of chaos. He framed it within the fact that oh, he's an inexperienced cadet. Oh, I know I'm not supposed to have it on dematerialize. Oops, I didn't have it on stun. Uh, sorry. Yeah. You know, so that just it, it provides for a as we've gotten more comfortable as a group playing within the Star Trek universe, I feel like it's really um, it, it's just become more fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He knows that it's supposed to be set to stun, but he's, he's doing a deliberate departure just for comedic effect. Just like in Trouble with Tribbles, when it's comedic, it's it's a deliberate departure from the, the standard operating procedure rather than just like there's no rules in the universe. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I feel much more comfortable DMing now. Things like, uh, I don't know, how, what Eric is supposed to roll when he's at the helm. I'm, I'm more comfortable with like um, winging that. And uh, yeah, I really, I really think, you know, there's, uh, I think Star Trek is, is great for RPGs because I think the shows really are from the perspective of the characters and RPG is really the kind of game where you're playing a character. You know, there's games where you're playing a ship and it's a ship versus another ship. There's a lot of Star Trek games where it's like the Klingons versus the Federation or, or something like that. And that doesn't necessarily capture the, the fundamental experience of Star Trek, which is, which is on that character level. So I really think this is, it's it's great. I think I think people grok the the basics of the universe, like you know you know how a transporter works and a communicator works and some of that stuff. You know, there's a bit of a bit of learning, but um, I think it's 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 so uh, familiar in general. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Are you having fun? I'm having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm like uh, I'm all Star Trek all the time. I'm just like researching the next module. I'm like figuring out space travel. We're watching the episodes. I think that's great. The whole thing about watching an episode and like getting regrounded. I think if we were just playing module after module after module, it might go off into its own genre somehow. Um, but but by watching an episode and then um, uh, you know just sort of getting back into it. Um, it just grounds us constantly in how they would do it in the show. So I think I, yeah, I love that. I love that actually. I would highly recommend that for anybody who's playing these modules, right? Yeah, and you can take inspiration from it, and yeah, just even things like you know that that don't really work. Where I'm like, hey, remember the the cameras that they always use, the Klingons use? <laughs> well, of course, in the module it does say that they use cameras. But I remembered from the episode that they made a whole big deal about that. So, you know, and, and the whole thing about the interrogation booth, Dave was inspired by that because that was the thing they were doing in the episode was interrogating people. Yeah, it creates the common language that the characters would have, right? The characters yeah. would have already experienced this world. And uh-huh. so it, it brings us back to their point of view and this collective knowledge that we would all have, right? Totally. Because I wouldn't think about a security camera for at all, right? But mm-hmm. my character well, would. Character would. <laughs> yeah. 
Good fun. Anything else you want to say, Eric? I think we pretty we 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 covered it all, man. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. I, you know, I, I will say I'm almost having more fun playing my red shirt than I am playing Laurent, my okay. main character. Um, I'm not saying that I want to be full time Ensign Dick Hall because he's ridiculous, but it is. It makes me realize that I need to make some. As a player, RPG player, I need to start making some more uh, stronger um, character choices with Laurent, hmm. right? Um, and I think it's super easy. I have a tendency as a player to play my character's ge generic hero, um, and then when all of a sudden I throw in some wacky like, oh, I'm just going to be like a like a uh, instant dick. Oh, I'm just going to be just this ridiculous guy that I have so much more fun. Um, so I really need well, to. It's a learning experience for me as a player. Well, there's a lot of side characters who turned into main characters right, in Star Trek. That in so many shows. A lot, right? Well, it, so. it was supposed to be just a one-off, right? And then he became like the main character of, of Family Matters. Sure. Well, the Fawns, <laughs> I mean, Sheldon. These are all the like the second secondary characters that became the breakout character because the main character was just kind of uh just uh, a straight man i was right. thinking like o'brien right he oh, was yeah. like a side character who then like became like he went into another series i'm i'm using him as my example <laughs> the side character in star trek so excellent good. example eric <laughs> so good eric <laughs> Suck it, Eric. <laughs> I love Dick Hole though. And I felt like yeah. Aaron was starting to get he was starting to flesh out his red shirt too, and that's super fun. I mean Samuel Brown. Yeah, but he started doing a character voice and stuff. That was fun. Oh yeah, he was getting into it too. Good times. Well, great. That's uh that's our review of In the Presence of My Enemies. We hope you like what you heard. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. A really nice review. It really helps us out. Yeah. No jerk reviews. Because <laughs> they make me cry. Yeah. There's no jerk reviews on the internet. Come on, guys. It's the internet. Right. Be nice. I'm very sensitive. Yeah. Go to, go to our website. It's rpgpopclub.com. Email us at rpgpopclub at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. Or if there's any module you would love for us to review. What module are we doing next week, Philip? I'm glad you asked, Sarah Nicole. We're going to take a diversion <gasps> from this FASA Star Trek RPG, um, which was big in the 80s. It's really the 800-pound gorilla. There's a dozens and dozens of modules for it, which is great. We're going to go see what they did in Japan. <gasps> what? Yeah. They, there was a Japanese RPG called Enterprise role play in star trek and so um they uh they did a module with this it's called That's the drifting it. ring and it came out the same year as the fast rpg so um we're gonna uh go check that out see what they did with it this is so exciting and you have been holding out on us uh-huh and this was a fabulous exciting surprise and i love it and i can't wait Yay. how yeah i mean We'll be able to experience Star Trek through the lens of, of like the Japanese 
uh, like the the names are all Japanese, and I don't know. It's just just be really interesting to see. Of course, it's translated back to English because uh, I don't really speak Japanese, but um, should be fun. This is exciting. Are, are we watching any... anything? We, we are. Are we watching? What episode are we watching? Yeah. We're gonna watch. For the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky. Oh, someone's about to get married. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a lovely episode. You know, I like that romance. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And it's it's McCoy centric, which we need. It's they time. Never, he wasn't in the last episode, so. They never got divorced, right? They're like separated. They're still married, right? They're still married. There's a lot of fiction where he goes back after um, the five year mission. Absolutely. Fiction and fanfic and novels and stuff, comics. I'm very romantic. Of course. I'm excited. Yeah. You know I love the romance. You know it. So, um, um, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. Do, does anybody, has anybody played this? Do, is there, are there reviews? Has anybody said anything about this? It's, it's, it's known among the old school Star Trek community, which is my community. But it's <laughs> it's it's got a pretty high reputation. It's it's a little bit of a, a throwback to the first two that we did, but it's considered like here's how it's done right. So it's it's got a little bit of a, a crawl aspect, and and it's a sandbox, um, I think. But we'll see. It's it's got a lot more going for it. Um, so it it might. Oh my gosh! I don't know. I got to see um, if it's something where I can um, internalize it, and we can hit all the good points, and and still get a good sense of the the whole in one night. We're going to try to do it in one night. But uh, but if we're having a ton of fun, and we're only halfway through, and we're all ready to, to call it quits, we can make it a two parter. So, okay. It, it, it's our only. It's the only one that I know of. I found one um, written in German. We'll come to that much later. But uh, and I need to get that translated too. Yeah, yeah. I I can maybe fake my way through that one. But um, but well, this is our like only. Four other people who speak German, so. <laughs> That's true. We can all help. Oh, cool. in Germany, Star Trek was called Raumschiff Enterprise. So we can do yeah. week. Yes. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. All right. Well, awesome. hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> and we'll, gals. We'll and gal gals. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> do, 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 do. Do 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 do